0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Carolyn Nichols, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Brighton, England. She's been teaching the technique for about 30 years. Uh, In addition to uh, her private practice, she runs a uh, teacher training program in Brighton. And she's the author of a couple of books. Uh, the most recent of which is called the Posture Workbook. And we're going to talk today about the Alexander technique and posture. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here with you. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you after all these all these years. I wonder if you could begin by giving our listeners a very short definition of the Alexander Technique.
1: I'd be happy to do that, and the definition that I'm going to give you actually essentially comes from the man who trained me, and that was Walter Carrington. And occasionally we would say, well, what is this Alexander Technique? What is it that we're doing here? And his answers would vary, but the one that I liked the most and really set me off on the 30-year pathway that led me to write this book was, it's about the postural mechanisms and the mental life. And you think, what does that mean? But what it ultimately comes down to is it's about how you move and how the way that you think actually improves your movement and is a vital part of your movement repertoire so that's it the postural mechanisms and the mental life
0: Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful definition i i never heard him say that but i can well imagine him saying that um so in that context um could you what would be your definition of posture well, I think that, you see, this is the most interesting thing,
1: because more and more, certainly in the UK, and I would imagine also where you are, people are coming to have Alexander lessons, and they're coming and saying, oh, my is terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. It is definitely happening here as well, much more so in the last two or three years, it seems.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. And sometimes, if you say to them, well, um, why do you think that? Sometimes people will say, I've been told my posture's terrible. And you dig a little deeper and you say, well, who told you your, your posture's terrible? And it comes down a lot to perhaps an observation that some other kind of health professional may have made. For example, if they have a gym membership, sometimes the, the, the personal trainer will say, oh, you know, your posture's really, really poor. And also another big influence that gets people thinking about posture, certainly in this country, um, is a, a very very popular program called um, Strictly Dancing. Comes Strictly Dancing. Do you know that one by any chance? I uh, don't
0: know. I'm not familiar with that one.
1: Okay. Well, it's basically a competitive ballroom dancing competition. People absolutely go mad for it, and the comments that are made. It's celebrities competing with each other and the comments that are made by the judges are very often to do with posture. So posture is very much in the public eye and in the public consciousness and I think what we have to offer is a much more subtle understanding of what posture really is. Many people do have this idea that posture is quite static it's how they stand, it's how they sit and you'll often find when someone comes for lessons, they say, oh, I know I don't sit very well. Can you teach me how to sit? And They don't relate how they sit to how they walk about, how they walk up and down stairs or down the street. They see posture as a little slice of action in their day. I sit, I stand, that's my posture. Mm -hmm. And I think what we have to offer is a much more in-depth and subtle approach that posture isn't just about your body. It's much more to do with the interaction between your body and your mind or how your nervous system is working for you and the input that you can have into your own nervous system with what we Alexander teachers call inhibition and and direction, which I see as skills – so I like to think of the Alexander technique as a skill set, in a way, that helps people to understand more deeply what posture is, how they can influence it, how they can help it to work better for them, and generally upskill themselves in movement.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with uh, with everything you just said. the the other The other thing I notice, and I'm sure you have as well is that generally uh, posture is seen as a position uh kind of a, a f- almost a fixed position and and um i think that uh, and if you if 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 you even say the word posture to somebody they will kind of haul themselves up in what they think might be a good way to stand or sit that's and then right. and that's then true. hang on to that uh at least for a few seconds until it becomes so uncomfortable they they let go of it, and that's a shame because uh really posture. Well, I think one of the big shames is that the word posture is pretty much always a noun in in the English language these days, but that isn't how it always was. Um, Posture, I think 100, 200 years ago, often had a verb connotation to it. It was how you carried yourself. Yes. Uh, uh, And in fact, there is a, a, a word, carriage, that you'll see in old British Novels, I think, from time to That's time right you'll see someone has said he, he has a remarkably um, uh, graceful carriage, uh, meaning not that his carriage pulled by his horses was graceful, but that he he walked in a very or moved in a very graceful way, and I think it's kind of a shame that we've gotten away from the verb use of of posture because that really is what you're talking about a kind Absolutely. of a, a constant interplay between how you direct yourself or think about yourself and and how you how you move and through space and and do things so um, I know in your your book uh, the posture workbook which I do recommend to anyone who wants to really start thinking about posture and experimenting with uh, some basic ideas about posture, uh, you you make that very clear, that it's not a static position. And as you say, it's definitely not just about sitting or standing. It's really about everything you do. Yeah. Um, so how do you think, uh, I mean... You and I both know that the Alexander Technique has this different approach to posture, but how do you think uh, we can, um, as a group of teachers, get that information uh, more out there in the world?
1: I think that really what we do to get that information out there is in our individual lessons, you know, when you've literally got your hands on someone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is the thing above everything that's teaching them that posture is perhaps a little bit more um, interesting than they may have thought. And that word of mouth thing is very important. Mm-hmm. But also, all the things that we put out online when we're doing blogs and when we're doing uh, Twitter and what have you it 's always nice just to to bring bring this word back in to the Alexander consciousness as well, mm-hmm. because certainly when I started my Alexander journey, posture was a bit of a dirty word, you know
0: absolutely Ooh, we weren 't
1: allowed to talk about
0: it It still is kind of a, a bit among Alexander teachers among
1: some of them, yeah, but I think that has changed so dramatically in the past few years because, you know, really and truthfully, we are the posture experts. We know an awful lot about what posture actually is. And I think that's something that we can just um, keep saying to people is, well, yeah, um, we understand about posture and we can help you understand a little bit about posture too. Mm -hmm. And it comes down, I think, um, one of the things I do say is, Posture comes down to what's happening inside you, your reactions to stimuli.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think if we can get people to understand that stimuli isn't something that just happens now and again, it's, it's the only reason you're alive, really, is uh, you're responding to stimuli the whole time, um, then you can start to see, well, posture isn't this thing that only happens in certain situations, as we've said it's not a static thing. It's not, oh, stand with your feet under your hip joints, and, and that's good posture. It's much more immersed in every movement that you have. It's appropriate for everything that you're doing, even lying in the bath. You've still got to think about your posture, or you
0: can still think about your posture. Exactly, exactly. And, um I I think it might be useful uh, earlier on you mentioned uh, two terms that are kind of uh might not be familiar to some of our listeners that Alexander teachers use a lot uh, mm-hmm. uh inhibition was one and direction was another and these are as you said two very important tools that we mm-hmm. use and that we teach our students uh, I think inhibition is the most problematical term just because um, of Mr. Freud, who kind of took it over. Uh, I you, rejected it. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, Alexander was using it first, but there you are. So could you say a word or two about what, what you mean by inhibition?
1: I could indeed. Um, I do like when I teach and when I write I I like to use the term because it is the term that Alexander himself used and because when it comes down to it, it's quite accurate. Because when you think about how the nervous system works, one of the examples that I, I give to people is what happens when you hold a flower, say. If you want to pick a flower and you're holding a delicate flower in your hand, you don't want to crush it you don't want to let your hand contract and crush this flower. So you're actually doing something to make sure that you don't crush the flower. And the something that you're doing because you've made this decision, oh, look at this beautiful flower, I don't want to crush it, you're inhibiting the contraction and the compression of your hand. So when you explain it to people like that, it's a choice that you make not to do something they start to go, oh, okay, I can see that. I can make a choice, for example, um, on a a big level, I can make a choice to walk through the doorway rather than trying to walk through the wall. And you might think, well, that's very obvious. But actually, it is a choice that you make. You Mm -hmm. say, no, I'm not going to walk through the wall. I'm going to walk through the door. So you have made a choice that's included not doing something.
0: And it's a choice that in no way is uh, anything like repression or pushing something uh, into the background where it's going to fester, as Freud's version of inhibition was. It is, as you say, and I love that flower analogy and also the door-wall one, because as you say, we do inhibit all the time yeah. Uh in very obvious ways, although we don't usually use that term. And and just uh maybe one more thought about that word inhibition, then we could talk move on to direction. Um that word inhibition actually appears pretty often now in neuroscience literature. That's right. Absolutely. And uh it's it's pretty interesting because um you'll often read um uh People working in that field saying something to the effect of, "Well, really, the most important function of the brain is is inhibition." they don't actually yeah. may not call it inhibition. The ability to inhibit, I guess, is how they might phrase it. And uh, I think that's a fascinating development and a real, um, a kind of a real understanding, you know, on a scientific level of certain principles that Alexander developed over a hundred years ago so i i, thought I, I would just throw that out there as kind of no no i, I uh, agree
1: and it, it's very interesting uh to to see that coming up so much more and people using the term in a similar way to the way that we use it and the way we understand it and great. i i also like to explain it as a way of helping you make a positive choice uh, you have to stop doing something, like Alexander himself said. When you stop doing the wrong thing, well, then you've got a chance to do the right thing. Exactly. And um, I, think, I think that's a nice way to explain it to people. And over the years, what I've found is people do have a daily experience of inhibition. They just don't recognize it as such. Exactly. If I say to them, well, if you go to the sandwich bar and uh, you're surrounded by you know 300 different kinds of sandwich you've got to choose one you can't choose them all you can't eat them all so actually you're inhibiting the sandwich that you don't want in order to have the sandwich that you do want and that too is a form of inhibition to be quite honest and people go oh yeah i see what you mean mm-hmm. and then you can start to bring it over to okay we're going to use this skill in quite a specialist way because it's not as simple as saying oh i'm not going to do this thing we're going to teach you what the thing is that we don't want you to do and that thing that we don't want you to do as you know robert from your experience is to stiffen your neck and pull your head back and shorten your back and compress yourself
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that's what we don't want you to do that's what we want to teach you to inhibit
0: You're just really learning how to say no to things that are pretty clearly things that you'd rather not have. Yes. I I think that's another way to put it. Uh, I wonder, uh, we're getting a little short on time, but I'd love to hear your uh, explanation of direction, directing, I guess, which is Mm -hmm. another Alexander uh, term. And like inhibition relates very much to posture as well as to movement and Mm -hmm. everything else. What what would be your take on directing or direction?
1: Well, that's that's interesting. I think there is directing as a skill. Mm -hmm. And if you like, you can call that direction. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there is how you apply that skill. So what directions you give yourself, for example. Mm-hmm. So, so, directing for me um, and the way I like to explain it is making a positive choice to organize your body and in particular your head, your neck, and your back in a certain precise way it 's a very positive choice that you make, and you can only make that choice when you 've removed the interference so by that I mean direction and inhibition, they kind of roll along side by side, they are linked skills. They're not the same skill. Sometimes, um, particularly newly qualified teachers might say, oh, I don't, I don't worry about teaching inhibition, I just teach direction because it's got it implied in it. And really it needs to be unpicked a little bit more than that you need to understand that they are linked skills, but they need outlining separately before you can start clicking them together and using them together.
0: Right. And and I think the word skills is a very, very useful one. They are skills that you can learn. They might take a little practice to become good at them. Um, but they are essentially skills in, of... Using the way you think to control the way you move. And, Absolutely. of course, the way you stand and sit, which, you know, more traditionally would be seen as posture. But, I mean, they they are, they are skills that an Alexander teacher can teach somebody to um, basically kind of take control over their certainly at least you could say the physical aspects of their being and of course there are all sorts of implications beyond that Mm -hmm. so uh, i I, uh, unless there's something that you would like to add i think this might be a good time to bring our interview to a close
1: um the only thing i would like to add is that it's never too late to think about your posture in this way you're never too old or too distorted, or in too much of a mess, anyone can make positive changes if they're willing to think about it in the way that we show them.
0: Oh, absolutely, that's true. And I think most Alexander teachers have had students of quite a age range, and I guess a real famous example would be uh, George Bernard Shaw, who I believe that's was right. 84, or maybe even older, when he yep. first started having lessons with Alexander. That's right. Well, that maybe that right. this would be a a good place to bring our conversation to an end. Uh, my guest has been Carolyn Nichols, an Alexander Technique teacher and teacher trainer in Brighton, England. She is the author of the Posture workbook which has came out i believe in the past year last year oh right? yes
1: it just yeah. came
0: out in october it just came out in october uh we will put a link to her website by the interview if you're anywhere near brighton england and anything we've talked about intrigues you give her uh, a call or send her an email we'll also put a link to a site where you can locate an alexander teacher anywhere else in the world and you can learn more about the Alexander Technique. Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Robert.
1: It's been a pleasure.